0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. As we start season four here with you guys, we have brought with us in here, Mr. Mark Rasmussen. Hello, hello. And he is the owner of No Cover Magazine, and he also runs it. I mean, basically, you're the one-man show on the whole entire (laughs) magazine. And anybody that's not familiar with No Cover, here's... The newest edition that just came out. Oh, thank you. And um, I usually have the the one in the background, Love no it. cover. But anybody that's familiar with it, they you know these are free magazines that you put out there, and it's basically their entertainment magazines They have featured guests on there. You can find out what's going on through these, kind of like the Scene magazine it used to be back in the day. But this is a much better and much, I must say, nicer. I mean, it's a beautiful magazine. At a time when magazines aren't as popular as they must have been, you've come out with one of the nicest ones, <laughs> especially for, for no cost, I mean, for no uh, cover. Thank you. Yeah, it's excellent. Thank you. Um, you also are a part of the Cleveland Award uh, Music Awards that have been going on. Okay, so it was the, this was the first one, and we already had Grunge DNA on here, mm-hmm. and we had uh, Ben. We had Bad Juju on here. Great band. These guys are all nominated. Yep. Uh, Bad Juju actually won for best cover tribute band, I believe, this year.
1: Yep. Um which is kinda ironic because I do no cover. Yeah. And it's <laughs> all original music. That's no cover is free, you know, and all original music. That's what started no cover
0: yeah right but you have to have these categories you have to gotta, have, have, them gotta them. have the categories well and there's so many good cover bands like like the fact that you had the the, the four that you had nominated they're incredible for yeah they're incredible <laughs> oh, really it's like thing. how can
1: you not have them yeah
0: really right. really cool your story goes way back though like like there's all kinds of things that get you to this point all kinds of neat things i mean like 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 researching you has been a, has been as much fun i think as interviewing is going to be um but, okay, let's start, let's start from Let's start from the back. Let's, start, let's, let's take you back because what we're going to get into is what you've got coming up here, which is pretty big, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Okay. But, but I want to go back. What, what starts you off? How do you begin? What, what, I mean, I'm sure you could take a lot of different points. At yeah. time. What, what's the one that you remember is the one you think?
1: The changing point was, well, there, there's two changing points uh, here in Cleveland. The first one when I was a kid, I was like 17 years old, and this guy would come over, and he dressed like Robert Smith from The Cure. My mom one day said, "Hey, you know, this guy's gonna come over. He's gonna he's gonna come over for Christmas." And so I was like, oh, "All right, great." Um, she's like, "Well, he bought you something," and I go, "He's probably gonna give me his album from his band because he's in this band." He kept talking about this band, and I was like, "And sure enough, come Christmas Day, he gives me this." giant square right and uh, I opened it up and it said uh, this will be worth something someday when I'm famous and it said Trent Reznor
0: oh wow Who is was
1: from exotic birds and I still have the album yeah that was my first time at learning that okay this person is really really confident why does this person have so much confidence you know and I listened to the music, and and I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. To me, I thought Exotic Birds were more like, uh, but like The Cure meets The Flock of Seagulls, but not as good, right? And I was like, I just don't get it. But Trent intrigued me, you know, just the confidence he had, the aura he had. And so my mom was going out of town, and and she's like, There's no way we're leaving you alone, and Sue's gonna watch you, and so same time so she went out of town and sue came over took me to the fantasy theater in lakewood and i remember going to my first nine inch nails concert and i uh, was like this is this is insane this yeah, that was- this is cool this is this is better than exotic birds yeah right. <laughs> right so i was like all right cool so that was a changing moment because when i met trent Just a brief, I didn't didn't meet him very often, uh, just that show. And then that one time uh, for Christmas, and then a couple times he came over to the house and he had to get something uh, for my mom that she left. And I was like, I I didn't really pay attention to him. But I did notice he had that, that, what I call, and most people call now, the it factor, right? Because if you don't have confidence, if you don't believe in yourself, how are you going to get other people to believe in you? And, and so I kind of took that away. The um, second instance that changed my life was I was bartending in the flats, the old flats. I just started bartending. I just turned 21. I was, I was between college. And uh, I met these two guys, Rick. I think it was Rick and Rick. One was from the Free Times, and then one was from the Scene Magazine. Oh. And they got together, and they formed a baby. And their baby was called River Burns. And so I got to learn how to do a publication by working with those two. Oh. And I go, do you guys need any help? And they said, yeah, you can be our intern. And I go, cool. What's an intern? <laughs> it's basically you work for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, at least at that time I did. You know, And so I remember going into their office in Rocky River and there's this, uh, it was giant, it was pretty big office, but it was completely empty. And I walked in, and they said, meet, meet us here. And we're going to train you and we're going to teach you and we'll show you. And so I walked into the room and it's this huge, huge, huge room. And all I saw was a card table and a fold-up chair. <laughs> and a telephone that was actually connected to the wall. You know, so yeah, that, right, that, back from that happened. Yeah, that, tell, yeah. <laughs> that tells you a little bit of how long ago this was. And I, I meet them, and they open up the, the fold-up table, and they open up the chair, they put the telephone down, and then they slammed the yellow pages. And they said, "said go get us some advertising. And I go, what? And they're like, yeah, we're going to tell you what to say, write it down on this legal pad, and then call Every single person you can call and set up appointments for us. And that's how I got started in the magazine business. So. Wow. So you learned the
0: most difficult part of this
1: whole entire process first. Correct.
0: Which is getting advertisers to actually spend
1: money with you. Exactly. And what's crazy is they only had one issue at the time. You know, and so,
0: so that's I, all you had to use to, to try to get these people for advertisers say, so yeah, well, we
1: got this one. Yeah, we got we got one issue and, you know, they were selling ads, but I was sending the appointments. And then eventually uh, the, the one Rick took me out onto uh, sales calls. So I went on to the sales calls with him. And I remember the first one sales call I went to was actually shooters downtown. And uh, I wound up. Uh, he goes, OK, Mark, this one you can sell. And I go, I don't know how to sell. And he goes, you've been watching me. Now this one you can sell. And I remember I sold, I don't know who I talked to at the time, but I sold my first ad to shooters ever. And it was half, I wound up only getting half the money and half trade. And they're like, we're going to give you trade. And I go, what's trade? It's like, well, it's kind of like free bucks. You can use at the bar, you can buy food, you can buy alcohol, you can do everything, but you can't tip. You got to tip in cash. And I'm like, Okay. So we use that trade to bring other people, other clients, entertain to get more advertising. Oh. So that's kind of how I learned the business and and, and it was a great learning experience because I had, I did not know one thing and I learned trial by fire and I was probably too stupid enough to know how difficult it was. I just thought <sighs> Oh, I could do this. I could just talk to someone and they're gonna give me money. you know, I, I had no idea how difficult selling advertising is.
0: You know mean the, the fact that you did it in this order, like the way you had learned it, like I just said, like you learned that first. like that's like I said that's something that that's the hardest part of anyone who can put a magazine together if you have the money to do it, right. you know what I mean? If you didn't if it didn't happen that way. And if it happened any other way, do you think that you would have – that things would have gone the way they did, or do you think – I mean, no. it's it sounds to me like Rick and Rick – and i got to be honest with you, I don't like the fact that they didn't – I mean, you could be rich, you could be dick. Why can't one of them take one of the other names and make it easier yeah. so we know who's who? <laughs> but what Rick and Rick just sounds like also that you 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 came into a the situation where you had good teachers. Like, these guys were willing to be like, no, you're going to do it. Yes. Like, how many people just do everything and don't let anybody else, like, just – Come, I need your help. And then you go to help them and then like, I'll just take care of it. I'll just, yeah. right. just go over there and clean up the, 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 but these guys kept saying, no, you do this one. You do that. That's and, right. And having that kind of stuff, it changes the game, right? I mean,
1: basically I was taking my education and marketing and learning what and applying it at practicality to yeah. real life yeah. because you can read the book and you can study and you can do all that and you can pass a test. But how does that really apply to real life?
0: Yeah, they didn't have trade.
1: They didn't have. They trade.
0: didn't have no. trade in that class, right? No, they didn't tell you all. about that that part of it, right? You yeah. had to learn that part. Right. Interesting. Awesome. So now you take this idea, right? You take what you've just learned, mm-hmm. and how does how does that manifest into like? Are you? It, let me just ask this question: Are you one of them people who just constantly always seem to think big, like like uh, like you would always take? Where regular people are, you know, they so a lot of people will think smaller and smaller increments. Well, you know, you just get a job and you just, you know, you go do yeah. your thing. And you, Yeah. But did you always find yourself always like, you, once you learn something, you're like, well, how do I apply this to make this
1: this oh, yeah. bigger thing out of it? Is that how you kind of like operate? It, oh, yeah. I, I think I'm cursed that way. <laughs> because I'll get an idea in my head and I will literally work out the business idea. I'll come up with a logo. I'll come up with the idea. I'll, I'll think of how big it can be. And then I'll let it go, but then it'll just keep bugging me, bugging me, bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. And I'm like, okay, this is something I need to do. I have to do this or I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. And so I just do it. I just do it because I, that's the way I've been to operate. I mean, I grew up, my dad owned an ad agency here in Cleveland and he worked for the big ag- agencies before. And so, you know, I was named after Mark Weiss. So my, my dad worked for Weiss Advertising, which is a, a, a big one here in, in Cleveland for a while. And he designed the, 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 he was a creative director. He did the Cleveland Force logo oh. back in the day. But yeah, my dad was an inspiration for me because I would go to the ad agency and then I would just see what he did and how he left working for someone else, started his own ad agency And then partnered up with someone. And and, and as it was growing, it it was doing really, really well. And unfortunately, my dad died of colon cancer. And then that changed my life too because, you know, I was in school and I was thinking I was just going to go work for my dad. You know, I was like, this is it. I'm I'm set. I'll just go work for my dad. Uh, But then after he passed away, I was like, what am I going to do? I got an advertising marketing degree. What am I going to do? I'm like, might as well go to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is where. Why do you think, well, because <laughs> that's where all the ad agencies are.
0: Oh, oh really? So that's what that, that yeah. works that way too.
1: Yeah. But before I got to LA, I wound up getting to do an internship in uh, South Carolina, in Greenville, South Carolina. And I remember I was working, it was probably one of the first few days I was there. They offered me a job, and I was like, cool. I got from an intern making no money because I'm used to that. And now I'm actually going to make money doing what I love? This is going to be cool. Worked there for three months. They lost their biggest account, Dow Chemicals. And they had the two huge buildings, and they had to shut down to half a building. It was, it was really, they, so they let everybody go. So as soon as I got hired, I got fired oh. because they lost the account. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And my my best friend out in was in California. He was my roommate in college and and fraternity brother. And I said, "Hey man, I said I just need to get the hell out of here." I go, "Can I go visit you in California?" He goes, "Yeah, dude, anytime." So I was like, "You know what? If I go out there, I'm gonna try to get a job working for the biggest ad agencies out there." You know, so there's like a Day that did. The Macintosh or the Apple ads, you know, they're iconic. Uh gray advertising, foot cone and building. Um God, there were so many that um
0: Okay, uh, I'm gonna tell you what, we're gonna take a quick break real quick. When we come back, we're gonna start right there. We're gonna go into you start you get into California. We just got you into California. Get get into into California. All right, when we come back with Mark Rasmussen.
1: You're listening to Level Up Cleveland.
0: Hello everybody, Big Bry here. This June 10th, Level Up Cleveland Concert Series presents Bittersweet Revenge. You can try
2: to live, but you are have to try to die. Olathea. Time to rock and roll, ready for the song for second. second. And
0: Craig Martini. I'm still here, you no I no longer want to stay. See them all June 10th at the Maple Grove Tavern. Show starts at 8 p.m., 21 or over. Go to levelupcleveland.com for tickets and information. And we are back, everybody, with Mark Rasmussen from No Cover Magazine. And we just got into California. In the in in your story,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> of how you actually got here,
1: such a long drawn out story.
0: Well, no, it's it's a good story. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're a very interesting guy. Just to be honest. I mean, and to get, you know, there's a lot of things about you that I have questions about. It's like I've wondered, often wondered about how certain things actually transpire with things, and you have the answers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's get to that point. So you're in California. Yep, and basically look you're, you're gonna you're, you're, your idea is you're gonna sign up with the, one of the biggest advertising agencies this is your opportunity this yeah. is where they're at let's start right there
1: yeah so I, I go out to visit my friend who's a stockbroker I was sent my resumes to all those big ad agencies I mentioned earlier and I got calls from every single one of them I just wanted information I wanted an information interview I wanted to know what it what do I need to do to be on the other side to be working with you guys And uh, after those information interviews, I had two job offers. I had uh, Gray Advertising, uh, which is the one I mentioned, and then uh, Foot Kona Building was the other one. Uh, And uh, I wound up working for um, Farmer's Insurance. So I was in charge of Farmer's Insurance. I was an account uh, executive for um, advertising, co-op advertising. So basically, every single um, agent out there, I was responsible for talking to all those agents. And then when they would approach me and say, hey, we want to do an advertising billboard and a campaign. And I was like, okay, cool. All right, where? How much? So that was it. It was really, really boring. But it was my first job in advertising, and I made it to L.A. And I, I got to move out of my friend's apartment in Long Beach and i i'm getting a place in brentwood you know so it was right where the ad agency was i I worked at the world savings uh building right there on uh, wilshire boulevard and uh so i was i was working in advertising and then again i lost my job we lost the account we had that account for 50 that was the other reason i chose that account because that account was with the company for 50 years i'm like this account's not going anywhere. Yeah, right. The other account, I remember I was like, I was a brand new account, maybe three years, but it was more fun. I think, it, I don't really know if it was Mattel toys or it was something, something cool. And, uh, and I was like three years, 50 years. I already lost my job. I don't want to lose another one. So I went with 50 years. And un- unfortunately um, we lost that account. And it was due to, it was due to my, uh, my boss at the time uh, having some relationships with the, uh, with the client and, uh, he broke it off with her and took, she took away the count. Wow. So we all lost our job and I'm in Brentwood and it's expensive. So uh, during that time I meet this guy, his name's Scott Presant, Scott came and, uh, he wanted to work at that agency too. And we became friends and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get you in, I, you know? And then all of a sudden he called me and I'm like, dude, I just lost my job. I have nothing. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay for my apartment. I didn't, I've got school loans. I've, I'm like, I I'm just got here. I got a car payment. And he goes, he's like, don't worry about it. He goes, I have backup. He goes, I was just calling about that. He goes, um, I'm going to be working for a magazine. I'm like, really? I'm like, I worked for a magazine in Cleveland. And he goes, yeah, yeah, He goes, it's called Fearless. And I was like, cool. I'm like, all right, he goes, maybe I can introduce you to the owners. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So I go and I meet with the owners of Fearless and uh I'm like, hey, um I have experience. Scott mentioned you're looking for somebody and you know, yeah, you're a great fit. We'd love to have you. Be great. And i was like, cool. I'm like, I got to ask how much how much am I going to get paid because I've got
0: big bills, man. I got big bills. Got
1: big bills. Yeah. <laughs> and you know Well, you're going to get 20% of whatever you bring in. I was like, damn, I never got 20% in Cleveland. I'm like, okay, cool. What's my salary? No, that's all you get. I'm like, all right, well, let me see the magazine because then if I see the magazine, I'll know uh, that I can sell it. I'm like, what is it all about? He's like, oh, it's music oriented. You know, and I was like, cool. Where is it? Well, it doesn't exist. We're just starting. And I'm like, oh. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. I look forward to following up. Called up Scott. I said, Scott, why the hell do you want to work for somebody that's just doing a startup magazine? How are you going to get paid? He goes, I don't know. He's like, they they said they were going to pay me after the first issue. And I'm like, I go, you know what? You and I can start a magazine together. And if you and I make zero, we make zero. If you and I make some money, you and I make more, than the 20% I would have gotten. And he goes, that makes sense. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me think about this. And I'm like, okay, cool. It goes by. And then I was still, I mean, I had a little bit of money and it was like two months later, I'm not even working. I'm on on an unemployment and uh, Scott comes and he's like, I've got it. And I go, what? And he shows me on a piece of paper like this and he just writes the word scratch scratch and I was like scratch what the What hell scratch that's our magazine I go what's it about and he goes it's a music magazine I'm like okay it's gonna be punk and ska music and I'm like I know what punk music is what the hell is ska music and he played some and I'm like yeah whatever I'm not a big fan but let's do it and so I went I created a a rate sheet just like i did and i when i learned from working with river burns so i said let's just focus on la you know like santa monica venice everything i know you want to do fullerton but maybe we can do some magazines over there and uh he's like okay that sounds good so i went around to downtown venice where i was uh I, i wound up moving from the expensive apartment to this rent control in santa monica so I was really close and I would go down to the beach and I would see the tattoo shops and I would see the record stores and I would see the restaurants and I would tell them my concept and they're like, "Oh yeah, this sounds great." And I didn't ask for much. I asked 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, you know. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do it." And I was like, "Cool." So I got all the ads. He put all the content together. Scott was in charge of all the music and the content and designing. And he also worked at Kinko's at the time. So we literally went at night when he was the man, he was the manager and nobody was there. And we just printed off copies and copies and copies, <laughs> and copies and copies and copies and stapled them and stapled them and stapled them. I mean, it was rough. I should have brought you a lot a, of
0: time, a lot of time involved, huh? a
1: lot of time. I should have brought you a copy. I mean, cause it literally was just, it was a total zine and, uh, we, we used we borrowed the paper we just haven't returned it yet so i like to say we borrowed it we, <laughs> di- we didn't we didn't take anything we just we haven't returned it so then we distributed we got it all around and we got it in L.A. and santa monica and everything and then uh scott's like hey come on out you know and uh he's like uh let's go celebrate and i'm like all right where are we gonna go he's like let's go to denny's so we went to denny's And he started passing the magazine out around Orange County, which I didn't know he was doing. Um, These kids had the magazine at the table while we were eating at, at Denny's. And this guy goes, look, look, look. He goes, those kids got our magazine. And I was like, yeah, they do. He's like, we should go talk to them. I go, all right, if we talk to them, don't tell them it's our magazine. Let's try to get some intel. Let's try to see what they like about it. And he goes, okay, okay. So sure enough, we go over there and we're like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, you know, and he's like, what's that? What are you guys reading? He goes, oh, it's a new magazine. It's called Scratch. And at the time, we had um, Brad uh, or Sublime on the cover. Oh, Bradley. Bradley. And uh, we had a picture of them when they played at the Whiskey. And uh, we had the interview with them and the kids were reading it. And they're like, oh, this band's awesome they're really good and i'm like oh okay cool and like what do you think of the magazine like oh it's so cool and then all of a sudden scott's like that's our magazine
0: (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't keep it over. he
1: couldn't keep it yeah (laughs) and i was like scott and then they're like hey they're like can we play like a backyard barbecue for you guys or something to get in the magazine and i'm like we both live in apartments i don't think our landlord's gonna appreciate that one and uh scott started thinking he goes well, wait a minute. I go, I have a friend. His father owns the shack in Anaheim. Maybe we can do something. Maybe we can do like a show. We can do a scratch show and we can have this, you guys play. And you're like, yeah, we'll bring our friends. And we're like, okay, cool. So we're like, what's the name of your band? And they're like, "Um, Save Ferris. And I'm like, Save Ferris. Okay, whatever. So it was Monique and Brian. I don't know if you guys know Save Ferris, but they were a ska band that got signed back in the day. So like after No Doubt, you know, and Monique sounds a lot like No Doubt, um, or uh, Gwen from No Doubt, Stefani, yeah, yeah, sounds a lot like her. And uh, so, first show we did was Save Ferris. I remember that. And then they brought their friends, the Aquabats. And in the Aquabats at the time was the drummer Travis Barker.
0: Oh, Blink One Eighty Two, right?
1: Now, now Blink One Eighty <laughs> Two. Yeah, at the time he was with aquabats got it and so we booked that show and then we did voodoo glow Skulls. we did no effects we did bad religion we did wow. pretty much every major we did real big fish um god every major punk ska band at the time
0: so yeah that scene was kind of like at that point still kind of like there it hadn't it hadn't no, done what it was it about was, to do
1: right who knew right, right. it's it kind of like i i i I would think, I and mean, I wasn't there in, in uh, Seattle during the grunge era, right? So I was part of this Orange County scene, even though I lived in Venice at the time or, or Santa Monica. Um, it was an area that I would always go, right? And, um, and then I got a call. I had my resumes out, and I got a call from Honda for their ad agency, and I got big money thrown at me. And so I was like, oh, I can't do this magazine anymore. And so I go to my partner, Scott. I go, yeah, just buy me out, you know, because I, I have to go work. You know, I'm just barely floating, you know. I'm treading water here, and it's expensive living in L.A. And so even though we were starting to make a little money, we, where we made enough money where we turned from going to Kinko's to actually go into a web press Ugh. and we were printing the magazine now at a web press. And then we would do 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. And we had them everywhere all over orange County, all over LA. And then it just started really like advertising coming in and, and record labels were showing up and AR people were showing up and bands were getting assigned. And it was exciting, exciting, exciting time, but I got bills to pay and I'm not making barely making it right and I'm going month by month wondering if I'm going to be going back to Cleveland you know a couple times I felt like okay I'm coming home this is it I cannot survive out here any longer and so I was able to get that job with that ad agency for Honda Ruben Poster and Associates and I worked for them and then I jumped and I worked for um Suisa Miller which was part of American Honda which was on Acura so then I I moved to a different agency moved up the ranks and uh I was an account director now and then I meet these these guys and they were working there and they're just like hey you know let's do a magazine cuz I showed them what I used to do and they're like yeah let's do that I'm like well I, I can't do scratch I'm not going to do punk ska I go, because I'm not going to take away from that. I mean, that was my business partner. I said, we got to do something different. I go, let's just focus on new music because it seems like, and that's what I thought. I thought it was all just new music getting signed. I didn't understand at the time that Scratch was such a niche market, you know, niche magazine, that punk ska, and that's why it, it did so well. So I was like, let's just focus on bands before they get signed. Nobody's doing it. Right, Rolling Stone puts major bands on there. Spin magazine puts major bands on. Nobody's putting like local unknowns. unknowns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we started no cover. That was it. And we literally we came up with a bunch of stupid names, and I have I still have the list of all the dumb names for the magazine. For the magazine. Oh yeah. yeah. You remember any of them? Uh, Stomp. I don't know why. <laughs> I just said... I mean, it's not terrible. Stop. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: stop. I don't know what my back, my, my idea was, but then Just get I, your
0: attention, right? I mean, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. But then no cover was on the list, right? And then this girl's like, well, why don't you do no cover? And I'm like, no cover? Yeah, I, I did. I wrote it down, you know, as one of my... But I, I really was on stop for some reason. And she's like, no, 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 no cover, because it's free. I was
0: like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it covers a lot of different things. One, that two words can mean... A variety of things exactly. right
1: exactly so no cover because it was free and it was like no cover charge right so you get stamped and it would say no cover on your on your hand and then also original music right no cover bands no cover music no cover it's all original music and so that's why we stuck with no cover and then we started focusing on bands before they were big but it had to be original music and First band we put on our cover, we would go to the Derby. And uh, at that time, it was swing dancing was really, really popular. I mean, it was I'm really dating myself. But uh, there was a band called Big Doo Daddy, and they were like the house band. And they would play and play and play. And we'd all go down And they would teach you to swing dance. And I thought I was cool. And, and, you know, you'd dress in a certain way and everything. And it was like the total L.A. thing to do. And then the movie Swingers came out, and they were in the movie. Oh. And then the magazine was out just at the same time. It was just the perfect timing. timing. And then I had every person calling me, how did you know? How did you know? We want to advertise. We want to advertise. And I was like, whoa, this is blowing up more than Scratch did. You know, I've got major advertisers now coming at me. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, I put the next issue out. And then I was like, ah, it was like, ah, nobody, nobody knew who that person was. And then it didn't really matter. And then, you know, I put the next issue out.
2: ah,
1: Nobody cared. Nobody knew anybody. Then I put the. Then I got a call for from the publicist with Ziggy Marley. And I'm like, well, this is a no-brainer. If I put Ziggy Marley, he was like, has, has he ever had a cover? He's like, no, this is his first outing, and you'd be his first cover. Yeah, And I was like, okay, that's a no-brainer. So I put Ziggy Marley back, start tra- trajectory, you know. But, you know, I was like, all right, that was, a, that was a gimme, right? The next one I did was Ben Harper. Love Ben Harper. Love, love, love Ben Harper. And I I would see him play. He wasn't signed. And I put Ben Harper on. Started going up. And he gets signed. And I was like, oh, this is cool. He just got signed. And then I did a few other flops. And then I got to, uh, I did Crystal Method. Uh, where i had alexandra greenberg if she's watching which she's a friend of mine um she may see this but she literally was one of my first writers and she winds up going becoming a publicist and then working for mitch snyder organization and then you know she was the vice president she ran coachella for publicist oh, and shit. she did a lot of uh stuff she works with stevie Oki. she works with crystal method she worked with corn as their publicist all starting working for me which was kind of cool you know and we've had a lot of other people successful like Roger lynn smith wrote for uh, rolling stone uh, we had J.R. griffin uh, he wrote for ap magazine out here for a while um, uh, who else uh, did, 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 we had kenny morrison he used to shoot our um, actual covers and then he went on and we had uh, incubus on one of our first covers and actually that was my first event ever was I did a concert with Incubus. Uh, My launch party was with Incubus, even though I had um, uh, a different band on the cover at the time. Uh, I, I met those guys, and then I'm like, I want you guys. I want you guys. And then, so they were still a baby band. And so I wound up working with this girl's boyfriend that worked at the ad agency that I was at. And his name was, uh, he goes by Ludog from the Cotmouth Kings, right? So he's the drummer for the Cotmouth Kings. And April was the girl that was, he was dating at the time. And she introduces me to Ludog. And I remember going to his condo and smoking a lot of weed. And, uh, and then he's like, at the end of this cloud of smoke, we're just like, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's make a party. You know, let's launch your magazine. He goes, I can help you guys. And he did. He really did. And so we had Incubus, and he's like, We're gonna we're gonna play on there too. At Cotmouth Kings. And then we had this band. They were on Warner Brothers Records at the time and they were advertising with me.
0: All right, stop right there. Yep. We're gonna find out who that band is in one minute when we come back with Mark Rasmussen from No Cover Magazine in one minute.
1: You're listening to Level Up Cleveland.
2: What's up everybody, this is Don Foose from One Life All In, The Spud Monsters, Run Devil Run, Lifeline, and my solo band Foose. I'm coming at you live to let you know I have a new book out called Motivate Me. It's a memoir of inspirational quotes, stories, and life lessons. This book takes you through my life and shows how I've handled adversity firsthand by the inspiration of others. If you lack enthusiasm but want to make goals in life and get after them, then this book is for you to order go to my website at foosforlife.com f-o-o-s-e-f-o-r-l-i-f-e.com foosforlife.com i'd like to send a big shout out to big bry and pat the producer at level up cleveland for making a platform for hometown musicians and artists like myself to promote our bands and projects this is don foos signing off for the level up cleveland podcast peace out
0: are back everybody with mark rasmussen from no cover magazine and we're about to find out who that band was that was playing in that show who was it who was the band
1: yeah so most people probably won't even know although i would highly recommend looking them up because they're an incredible uh, band back in the day they were called dial seven and <laughs> actually the interesting thing about dial seven is there was a guy named daniel in the band he was the the scratcher the dj guy um, back in the day that's when they always did that every single band seemed to have a little scratcher dj guy and uh, i've maintained a main uh strong strong relationship with daniel actually daniel was here last year uh for neva Niva, neva Niva, whatever it is uh, and then uh i'd go out there and i do events with him uh out there but the funny part was as i was out there in california last month or february it was February. And I'm, I'm doing uh, one of my events with Daniel. Daniel tells me, guess who's getting married? And I go, who? He goes, Barrett, our bass player. Remember Barrett? And I go, yeah, yeah, I remember Barrett. And he goes, guess who he's, he's marrying? Because I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't Barrett go into porn? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I go, well, who's he marrying? He goes, Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I can't make this shit up, man.
2: <laughs> I, it, it's just
1: unbelievable.
0: No way! Did I didn't see that one coming.
1: Yeah, not Stormy Daniels. I, I, oh I, my god! It, it blew my mind. I could not believe. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was funny, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and he did. He went through. He got married. I asked. I go, Daniel. Did he? Did he? Did he do it? He goes, Yep. He's married to her. Did you talk to him after this, Barrett? Yeah. No, I haven't talked to Barrett forever. I've, I've no, only... but did
0: you talk to him since he got married to Stormy Daniels? No, I... no. I, I mean,
1: I haven't had a relationship with Barrett for a long, long time. I was a stronger relationship with Daniel in the band. I got you. And then Daniel and I worked together on events. And then Daniel and Barrett are still friends, obviously, right? Um, but. Daniel's wife wouldn't let him go to the to the wedding.
0: Ah, too many porn stars. Yeah, too many porn stars.
1: So, and that, that's the crazy thing about obviously living in LA, right? You're surrounded by stuff that just only happens in LA. Only man. happens in LA. And yeah. and you meet people, and you know all I would say characters or, or colorful people or porn stars or, or whatever, and it sure. just almost becomes normal. And, it, 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 and I'm just going to digress a little bit. But the time I met my wife, uh, Carmen, that I'm married to now, my first date that I took her to, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Uh, Mayhem Music Festival is there. And I know, I know John and John and Mayhem. I can get in. I can go backstage. I'm going to impress her. And I know all the bands that are playing. And... So I, I go, take her to Mayhem Music Festival, which one she loves country music. She ha- doesn't really care for metal music, um, except '80s hair bands and, and Guns N' Roses, but uh, <laughs> nothing really super super heavy. And but I took her anyways because I would, you know I was like oh this is gonna impress her. <clears throat> we're backstage, we're hanging out, we're just talking, having some drinks and stuff, and then I see um, Rusty Coons, Rusty Coons was in the band Attica 7. I don't know if you guys have heard. I've heard of Attica 7, yeah. So Attica 7, uh, he was in prison when he wrote all the songs for that. He was, uh, I I think he got busted uh, for meth dealing or, or something ridiculous. And, you know, he went away for a very, very long time. And then in jail, he rehabilitated himself and he Played music, You know, that was what he was doing. And then he had this idea of starting this band. And so he does. And he winds up getting on to um, uh, Mayhem Music Festival. And then he's, his singer was a guy from Biohazard. Do you remember Biohazard? Yeah, that's Evan Seinfeld. Exactly. So Evan's the singer. And yeah,
0: he married a porn star also, by the way. There you go. Uh, this uh-huh. is what I'm leading up
1: to. <laughs> so I'm backstage with Rusty. And, you know, Rusty's wearing his cut because I guess he was part of the Hells Angels. He was president of the Hells Angels. And so he was, you know, there. And so... First thing, my wife is like, okay, there's Rusty from the Hells Angels. And then all of a sudden, Evan comes over. And we start talking. And I had a crazy story with Evan from Biohazard when I was in uh, Arizona. I, I got way too many stories. I got to stay focused. But the, the long and short of it is, so Evan comes over, and then his porn star wife comes over.
0: And she's one of the best-looking porn star wives that there ever was.
1: Right. Yeah. But. I don't know what happened because I'm talking to Evan and I'm talking to Rusty, but he, her and my wife were talking and they didn't get along. Oh, and my wife just flipped out and she was my girlfriend at the time. I was, I mean, it was my first, know, first real date, I guess. I mean, I had a couple dates before, but first date that I really wanted to impress her <clears throat> and she drove. And so next thing I know, I was like, where'd she go? And they're like, Oh, she left. I'm like, what? She's my ride. And I'm like, and then I was like trying to figure out why she's mad. And she's like, I don't know who you are or where you come from where you think this is normal but hanging out with the hell's angels and porn stars isn't my cup of tea (laughs) and i was like wow i just to me
0: it turned into something that yeah you were like you thought this was going to be impressive and you know people well
1: i just thought on the music end of it I, I, i i don't i mean i was around it so often that it almost became Took like... on a normal kind of a feel. Yeah, which yeah. to me, it's really not... It's not normal for me. I mean, I, just from where I grew up and my roots here in Cleveland. So to go out there and just like, oh, here it is. It's in your face. And then you become normalized, I guess. And then you just, you know, you see it. Like you go to concert after concert. You meet the same people. They're good people. You know, it's just... It's not my scene, right? And so I was trying to explain to her. I'm like, I... Don't actually hang out with them. I just know them association from working in the magazine and and all that stuff. So, um, so doing the magazine. She obviously bought it. She, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Eventually, eventually, it all All worked out. And now she's very accepting. Thank you, Carmen. Very accepting. She she gets it. Right. She doesn't come to a lot of the events because she knows there's going to be whatever, and so she just avoids it. Yeah, which is fine. Um, But yeah, going back to the magazine. know we had um let's see blink 182 we gave them their first cover and that was before travis was in the band eve six uh alien ant farm
0: oh Um, no kidding
1: yeah so we met i okay so when i was doing the magazine again it was very small we were only doing i think ten thousand copies of no cover it wasn't taking off like scratch did because you know yeah i would have a good band and then it would it would take off and i'd get advertising and then bad i didn't have the consistent advertising because i didn't have the niche like uh with scratch so i didn't realize that it took me a long time to realize where i fit into the market and understanding it and how to position it for advertisers Um, because all i really think is well i i know bands i i of course you're gonna like this band you know why wouldn't you like this band and you know, I wasn't right all the time, but I was right a lot. And uh, I started putting um, oh, what was that band? Um, I can't think of it, anyways. I, 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 I put another band from San Diego, was oh, it Pod? I think it was Pod. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and so we had that, and then oh, and then I had um.
0: And these are all bands that you're just putting in your magazine and putting on the cover of the magazine at the time, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've had other bands that, you know, didn't make the cover, which should have probably because, you know, just at the timing and stuff. Like Chili Peppers, when they first came out, I had them on the cover. And I bumped another band to put the Chili Peppers on the cover because, I, you know, after a while, being in L.A., you know which bands are about to get signed. So then I was like, I'll just cherry pick them, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Make make it easier for myself. Um, But... Now these are, no, real quick, so sure. so
0: when it comes to the magazine, it's, it's, it's even at this time now, we're just talking about the covers. You actually have stories, there's feature stories, but you're, there's other bands that are in the magazine
1: itself. Yeah, so. like Slipknot. Okay. Like Slipknot was one of the first bands that I remember we put in one of the first issues of No Cover. Okay. And I had, I had a really good uh, music editor at the time, and uh, he knew, he's like, dude, you got to check out Slipknot, blah, 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 they're awesome. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool, but we already have a cover. I'm like, but we could put them in, you know, and then you're like, okay. But so we would put these bands in there. And then, um, again, we were small and then I got to, oh, I was working as, uh, for the record labels and I was doing street teaming and, and then I started becoming the guy that they knew as the promotion guerrilla marketing guy. Right. So it was the San Diego music awards. And I was flying for um, some clubs, and I flyered this big RV. And on this RV, it said um, spinrecords.com. And I was like, okay, I'll flyer that one. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes bolting out of the RV. <clears throat> hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, it's a flyer. Relax. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, we want to hire you to do flyering for us. And I'm like, I don't want to do flyering anymore. I go, I've got... I I got, I got this magazine because I mean, firing is not easy work, man. I would have a huge bag on my shoulder with magazines and I'm like passing out magazines like a paper boy. Yeah. Like a paper route. Yeah. And then I got the giant stacks of, you know, they're, you know, four by six cards, but they're heavy. And it's like, you know, I'm passing them out, passing them out, passing them out. And I'm like, Oh, this is painful, man. This is a hard, hard life. And, uh, he goes, no, c- come on in here. Come in here. We want to talk. And I'm like, look, I'm, I've got a magazine. It was like, well, we got some magazines in here. It's like, which one's yours? I'm like, oh, they had no cover. I was like, that's cool. And uh, this, and I said, look, I said, I'm about to go do a deal with MP3, and they just got three hundred and sixty million dollars. So I was like, let's let's go after that. So I wrote a business plan i remember sitting down it was at my music editor's uh, apartment we were all brainstorming of how we were going to get this mp3 money and so i was the only one with a marketing degree so i wrote the business plan but we were just brainstorming back and forth and as i was typing it writing it i was like okay cool now i gotta go to mp3 so i was 23 years old i'm like knocking on their doors i'm calling them they're not taking any of my phone calls and they're not letting me in they had those uh key cards or whatever to get in so you couldn't even go in to, you know to see a receptionist and they were just blowing me off big time and i was like oh, this sucks and so but i had that business plan and so i asked spin records i go what are you guys like and they're like oh you know mp3 I go, yeah and they're like oh yeah, we're kind of like mp3 but we don't have as much money and i'm like oh all right how much do you have and they're like 32 million I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm about to go meet with MP3. I go, so I don't know how this is going to work, you know. And they are like, well, can you meet with us first? And I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll meet with you guys. I had nothing going on with MP3. All right, this is beautiful. Fake it till you make it, right? Hell yeah, that's yeah, man. That's LA. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I go to the... uh I go to the office in, in Carlsbad. It was beautiful. And they had this, uh, I think it was like 40,000 square foot building. And uh, I go in there, and it's just really intimidating. And, and I'm just in the jeans and a T-shirt, and I have my business plan. And I go in, and I, I start talking to them, and I'm just bombing. I mean, I was i was nervous. I was sweating. And this uh, this guy walks in a little late. He goes, sorry, I'm late. And I looked, and I was like, I know that guy. Why do I know that guy? I'm like that guy. I was at his festival last year. It was one of the first time I, I met him, and I remember Blink 182 was on the cover. So this had to be 98, 1998, because maybe a little earlier. And then, because I knew Blink 182, and then they were opening act on this guy's festival. And I had the magazine. I remember I had the magazine, and and I was passing them out at the festival. And then I crawled under the stage and I remember seeing Mark Hoppus in a hammock and I go, Hey, who, who, who puts on this event? And he goes, Kevin Lyman. And I said, can you introduce me to this guy? He's like, yeah. So I meet Kevin and he's like, yeah, this is my festival and Warp, warp, you know, it was in Irvine. I think it was, I don't think it was a tour yet. I think it was just warp festival. And, uh, I just met him and I just thank, you know, you know, cool festival. I never thought I would see him again. Well, the guy that walks in late is Kevin Lyman. He's the vice president of music at this.com. And I was like, wait a minute. I know you, where do I know you? And then it clicked. And then all of a sudden things turned around and it, and Kevin's like, well, what does this guy want? And he's like, this guy knows his music, give it to him. So I got my investment from those guys. And,
0: and all because you asked to be introduced to this guy when you went to that festival. If you don't think to do something like that, those little things that pay off down the road, right? I mean, like, that's huge.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all about relationships and networking, right? We were talking off off the camera yeah. on basically advertising, right? Uh, how to get to advertising. Advertising is just building relationships, right? And once you build built those relationships and those relationships are strong, they want to help you. Now, you obviously have to provide a service and you have to help them, you know, just like you were talking about with your new advertiser. Yeah, right. It just makes a lot of sense with what you're doing and then how you're helping them. So you figured it out, right? It took me a while to figure it out. It took me a long time. But once I learned, like, hey, meet whoever you can meet. You never know what's going to happen. Try to build solid relationships. Do stand-up job. Say Do what you say you're going to do and follow through don't be a flake right because there's tons of flakes in la so i'm like you'll stand out and so that's what i did and so he remembered me and he said yeah give it to him so i go and I, i get the investment money and they brought us into the office, and so we had our own office, and down we were in the basement of the 40,000-square-foot building. But it was massive. I mean, it, it was like a gymnasium down there with, uh-huh. with some – it kind of reminds me of well, – well, we'll get to that right a little later, but it kind of reminds me of where I am right the now. The place that
0: you're, you're starting, which we definitely will get into.
1: Yeah. So I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. And uh, we were able to do a lot of fun things because they're a dot-com. They have $32 million. So we were at every major event. And then they bought in Vegas the Edom Music Festival, which was this huge like conference music festival. It was in every casino all over the place. And there was bands every single place. I mean, it was massive. And guess what? Because they bought it. They owned it. No cover was the main media sponsor. No shit. Yeah. So we got, we got a lot of cool things being associated with that. And the other thing was Robert Shapiro, uh, who did the, um, not the Grammys, but the, uh, the Oscars, right. He was the COO of the company. Ice T was there. He was part of the company. Um, God, uh, God was it brian from priority records back in the day you know with uh ice cube i think was the biggest uh, artist at the time so you could so
0: you're meeting all these people all these stars and 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 this is just furthering everything that you're trying to do because you're doing a magazine
1: right and so what my business plan was you're a dot-com the internet just started there's no yellow pages for the internet. I, I, I think there was like web something or another. There wasn't Google at the time. Right. I mean, this is really like the beginning, the dinosaur age yeah, of, right. of the internet, right? And so how do you let people know you're out there? So my business plan was advertise with us. We'll give you advertising. We'll give you publicity. We'll give you all the running points you need. People, you know, People don't have to know that were associated but you can use this to go get more um investors because it was all smoke and mirrors at the time because everybody had tried to come up with a website right but you had to spend money to get people to your website and you had to prove to them that your website's viable and it's worth it and everything else or nobody's going to give any money now we had hollywood money Right. So we had all these Hollywood people just investing, 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 investing because they wanted it to be like Amazon. Right. They wanted it to grow and grow and big. You know, I always say that most dot coms just crashed and burned. Right. And this one did. This one did. They they blew through thirty two million dollars in a year.
2: Wow. But
1: we were able to go from 10,000 copies to 100,000 copies every single month. And we set up distribution from San Francisco, from San Diego to San Francisco, to uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, to Las Vegas. And then eventually, we would go to San Pedro and put everything in a container and send it to Hawaii. And I met this guy that came to us, uh, said, hey, I'm going to be moving, you should... Send your magazines out to me. I'm going to run some clubs. And he's like, I'll do all the distribution. Just give me a free ad. And you can stay at my place. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So I'd drop off the magazine in San Pedro, fly to Hawaii, go hang out with him. And then I would go and I'd try to sell advertising. You know, it just, nobody ever paid. Like, I got all this great advertising, but nobody would ever pay. And it's like, they'd yeah, agree to it, but never follow yeah, through. Yeah. And they'd give me their artwork and everything. And then they're like, you know, the thing about advertising is you you get, you'd get, have to wait 30 to 60 days to get paid. And you're putting out another issue and it's not cheap. So, you know, I got burned on all that, although I had fun in Hawaii. You know, yeah, right. So, experience,
0: but, but not moneymaker.
1: Yeah. But I met these kids. They gave me a a tape. I listened to it, and I was like, oh, this sounds good. It's good. And they're like, what did you think? What did you think? It's good. I said, but you sound just like Sublime. Like, isn't that awesome? And I'm like, no, it's not. There's already a Sublime. You don't need another Sublime. Just try to find your own sound. I kind of left it at that. And um, on the tape, it says Pepper. So it was the band, uh, reggae band Pepper. And I told them, I said, look, I said, you're not good enough for a cover right you're not there but i'll put you in we had a section called bands to watch and they were one of my first bands to watch it was a few years before i gave them a cover and south by southwest was coming and uh, i'm like okay i'm gonna put you guys on the cover of the magazine and they were playing in oh this is kind of cool so they were being managed they were on volcom but they would be managed by John Phillips and Matt Phillips, who also handled Slightly Stupid, but also handled Sublime back in the day. So it was like full circle now. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And so they were playing in Florida. I was doing a rooftop party at the Wave in south uh, on 6th Street in Austin, Texas. And I said, you know, I really want you guys to play. And they're like, we're in Florida. And i'm like well there's you know a way well we're in our bus and i'm like okay this bus isn't going to make it i go what about a plane and they're like yeah you're going to fly us out i go let me look at ticket pricing and i'll get back to you and i, I looked at it i was like oh this is going to be expensive the whole band And they're like yeah you got to put us up in a hotel and everything so i called up zildjian and i got zildjian to pay for it all Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I put Zildjian as one of my big sponsors at South by Southwest. And I had a party with Pepper. And they were just signed to Atlantic Records at that time. And I just had them on the cover right before they got signed.
0: So this looks like you're a genius, dude. Every it, time,
1: it I like it. It like it, but I knew, I knew what was going on. <laughs> I knew what was going on. But I met them first in hawaii right. and you know few years of putting them in the magazine for bands to watch you know and eventually they get a cover so you know every time i talk to a band and they're like hey we want to cover we want to cover i'm like look i'm gonna put you in bands to watch like, oh we don't want to bands to watch blah, blah. well then you don't be in the magazine I, I don't I don't know what to tell you i'm just like you gotta you gotta pay your dues yeah it's you, you a gotta, process it's, here
0: there's a process of, of, of things that go yeah before you, that
1: does i have 12 covers right or 12 I put up 11 I have 12 (laughs) covers right that's it right that's it that's all I get and only one person can be on there yeah
0: yeah and there's there's a lot of people that are qualified and you can but you you gotta you have to choose
1: right and I didn't always I didn't always choose the right band but but I, I chose the right band a lot so that that was that was my experience with that and then we wound up doing no cover espanol and
0: <laughs> so you did a, a, a Spanish version of the magazine.
1: Yes. And we met these guys We because I lived in San Diego. We'd go down to TJ and we'd party and we'd bring the magazine, passing them out all over the place. And we caught the attention of this other magazine that was in Tijuana. And at first they weren't too happy with us. And their magazine was gorgeous. I mean, it was it was what no cover became eventually but i mean it was full color glossy beautiful and just high end everything and you know i know why you know i don't i don't really want to say why it was such a beautiful magazine
0: well i can imagine where the money was coming yeah, from
1: yeah yeah the money was coming from <laughs> some some right but uh, eventually the, the guy that I met, uh, Cesar Hank, and he's probably on here. Cesar Hank, his, his family is a very prominent family in, in, in Mexico. And his, he was pretty much, it was his baby that his father financed for him. And they had this beautiful office. They had everything. And uh, what happened was his dad pulled the strings and it all went away so there was all this wonderful, talented people, graphic designers, photographers, writers. Out of work. Out of work. And I was like, come to me. Come <laughs> to me. And we put together No Cover Español. And we ran it for, I think it was a couple of years before. It, it got to the point where I was doing, they were both free publications. so And what was cool is when I entered that segment, and again, now I'm in a niche market, and I just kind of fell into it. I didn't really think about going into it for that reason, but it became that way. And during that time, nobody was really hitting the Hispanic market. And after doing the research, at the time, I'm sure it's even more now, but at the time, it was 60% Hispanic.
0: In San Diego?
1: In or California. Oh, the whole state. whole state. Wow. Yeah. So I was like... There's a huge market here. And as soon as I did that, I got Jack Daniels. I got Heineken. I got MTV Sponsors started coming. I had HBO Latino. Oh, wow. I had all these great, great, huge companies that I wanted to work with on the English side, but they weren't taking any of my advertising. Uh, And I was able to push or twist the arm a little bit and say, hey. I'm working with you on this. Can you give me a little help on the English one? And then I would get a bone here and there. And, uh, but we had great artists. We had Café de Cuba before Café de Cuba was on Coachella. Oh. I'm uh, like we had Nortec Collective, we had La we had Malatav, we had Shakira. We gave oh, Shakira her first. No kidding. That's probably the only one you probably recognize. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not. Because yeah, not... in the the rock and Espanol and the the Latin scene at the time, it was it was bubbling. And uh, now it's it's gigantic market. It's huge. And I kicked myself that because I got to the point where, spin records went down, and I had a choice. Because now I can't do a hundred thousand copies. I can't do that all the way with doing the distribution because I don't spinner records also gave me all their vehicles. So I had their RV, I had their Jeeps, I had all anything I needed for distribution, their vans. So I would literally just pick up the magazine from the printer and then we would drive <laughs> we would drive to Vegas, drop them off, party in Vegas. We partnered up with 1073. Uh, the radio station out there. I'd give them an ad in there. I would show up on the radio, talk about the new issue, how it's out on the street. And then I would do that in Phoenix too. I worked with KUPD in Phoenix. And then, uh, you know, it was it was cool because I got to do all the promotions on that issue and it helped people understand about and get the word out about the magazine right away. And that helped spinrecords.com, obviously too, because I would be on the radio and I would talk about You know, hey, check out spinrecords.com. And they were trying to be like a giant Amazon for selling music, right? Or an incubator too for uh, getting the next big band signed to a record label. And they actually did. They signed Alien Ant Farm. But they also, they only signed Alien Ant Farm because the first artist that they really loved was called The Color Red. And the color red were the two brothers, Mark and John Samora that was related to Ty Samora, the bass player from alien ant farm. So they loved Mark and and John's band, the color red. So then, you know, they said, well, can you bring in my brother's band? And they're like, yeah, all right, sure. We'll bring your brother's band. They didn't really care, but they were focused on the color red and the color red eventually gets signed to Martini records, which is lit's record label. Um, But, What happened is they wind up losing money and they're burning through money. And near the end, they just started dropping all these bands. And the only one they hung on to was the color red. And Alien Ant Farm, once they got dropped, they got signed because Papa Roach got signed. And Alien Ant Farm and Papa Roach had a deal. You know, Papa Roach is in Sacramento and and Alien Ant Farm is in Riverside. And so they would swap shows. And that's what I tell bands. I go, find a band where you want a tour and befriend that band because you'll always have a place to play you'll always and then just return that favor because then you can build a relationship and that's what they did and they had a pact so it was literally if we get signed we're gonna get you signed if if we get signed then we're gonna get you signed and papa roach got signed first and papa roach said in their deal we need an imprint label and we're signing alien Ant farm and that was how Alien Ant Farm got signed. Oh, shit. So, But we were always with Alien Ant Farm, and we were all in the same building. We, all these bands. I mean, I think they signed like 400, almost 500 bands. And Kevin Lyman was the vice president of music, and he was in charge. And we would have, like, it, it was total dot-com money. I mean, we just had money to burn. So we would have a cafeteria. We'd have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, I was like, oh, this is cool. Well, I didn't realize why they did it because they wanted to keep their employees working, right? They didn't want them to go out and stop working. So they brought in this cafeteria and they had a chef and then we'd get our food. and It was all free, you know, so we're just like, oh, it's breakfast time it's lunch time it's you know so i would sit in there having lunch with kevin lyman you know we'd just shoot the shit and and talk and stuff like that and then all these other bands were there too and alien and farm and color red and all these bands and we were all having lunch and talking but they all had jobs you know so they all hired them didn't pay them a lot but they all hired them to do marketing or you know publicity or whatever job they had to do they put these bands to work but then they would set them up on tours and then they would send them out um, so they're but, like employees.
0: So this is kind of like what teachers and coaching does, like in a high school where the coach is yeah. the football coach, but they also make them the math teacher because they got to do more than just coach to justify the payment. That's
1: being yep, yep. And there was, a, there was a lot of money being burned. I mean, they would throw huge, massive parties. I mean, I remember going to the Roxy. Just going and just they rented out to Roxy and just threw this gigantic party with all these celebrities and Ice T was there and um, Rod Stewart. And, oh God, yeah, you know, just like all these random people, you know, that I guess somehow had some type of connection to SpinRecords.com.
0: So what 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 eventually happens in California to get you out of California? How do, how does that finally? How does California finally? How does it end up? What what happens there?
1: Well, so so. Uh, Really, it's just family, right? So family first. So my mom got sick. She got had cancer, you know, um, breast cancer at the time. She's in remission now, thank goodness. And I was like, you know what? I've been gone for 25 years. That long, huh? That long. i only wow. come home for the holidays. So, and then sometimes I didn't come home from the holidays. So I'm like, I can't be gone that long. I mean, I would kick myself. I would feel horrible if something happened and I'm stuck. I'm, I'm in L.A. or California. Um I got to go back. So, you know, I talked to my wife and <laughs> my wife just moved to California. Yeah. And where
0: she she moved to California
1: from uh Oklahoma.
0: Okay. Now before we go any further, I got to stop you real quick yep. because as I'm doing research on you, I noticed that you did a spot on Love Connection, <laughs> which was like the first dating show like ever back but it was back Chuck Woolery used to do the 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 host of, of the show yeah this wasn't chuck willery when yep. you did it but you're on the show so i'm i'm assuming this is before you met your wife that you went oh, on yeah. the show
1: definitely now, now i don't think she would approve
0: yeah and and anybody wants to i of course i'm going to put a, a i'll put this some of this up there yeah. but you can check it out on on youtube the whole the whole show is on youtube i do have a question about that though this is a question i wanted to ask every male person that ever went on love connection but i never knew anybody like what was what like, what's the thinking process of this whole entire thing? Did you believe this was the best place to find love was on a show like this? How do you get into this situation, I guess, is the...
1: So, I I got into it when I was, I was working in advertising, and then uh, I was hanging out with my buddy that worked in advertising at the time, and we were at his house, and there was a show on MTV called Singled Out. Yeah, I remember that. And we were just drinking some beers and hanging out and like this show's so stupid. I go, I'm gonna call and I'm gonna put you on this show, dude. And he goes, what? And he was a big guy. And I go, no, I'm gonna call, dude. I'm gonna call that number and I'm gonna put you on there. And I'm like, hey, I'm Neil Baltadano and 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 Neil's gonna be like, thanks dude for announcing me. So <laughs> and he goes, you better say your name. You better say your name. And he's like, seriously, he was threat- guy, big guy, threatening threatening me. And I was like, uh, this is Mark Rasmussen and here's my number and they called me. And so, I mean, they probably called everybody. I and mean, there was like, I mean, the show is like there was 50 guys, one girl, right? And then you had to do all these stupid little things and stuff like that. Well, I was like, all right, I'm in L.A. I'll just go for the audition. What's it going to hurt? Just check it off of my bucket list. Yeah, right. And so I go and I, I didn't understand. I mean, I, I worked in advertising, but I didn't understand television production compared to commercial production. Commercial production is long and drawn out. Television production, man, is brutal. I mean, it's just on and on and on and on. And you just sit and wait, sit and wait, sit and wait. And finally, I get on the show. First, you get to go on two shows, right? They shoot two shows back to back. First show, gone. I'm done. I'm out. Like, the girl has to pick out characteristics that they like about these guys. And then they narrow it down. And then they do all these stupid stunts second show i go and uh i was like i'm I'm gonna make sure i get in the front at least you know get some camera time and uh jenny mccarthy was the host uh, hostess at the time and uh was that guy uh chris hardwick was the host and uh jenny comes up and she grabs me and you know starts talking and and then uh next thing i know is the girl comes out and then she's picking all these characteristics and i'm still there i'm still there they narrowed it down and then they're like okay you've got four guys left and then ask them to do something you know like some type of stunt or answer a question and then i made it through that round and then it was me and two other two other guys and then they she as a speed round they ask you all these questions and then i won I won singled out and then I won the snowboarding and I won the date with her and I won the limo ride and I won I, I was on the commercials and I was in print ads and I was on MTV bumpers and and so I was everywhere. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was funny because when I came home to Cleveland, I didn't think anything of it. But people recognized me. They're like, you're the guy on singled out You know, I was like, Oh shit, people watch this show. So when I got back, I got calls from every single show. I mean, just. Oh, that is that what happens? Yeah. You no get kidding. you get listed into this, like.
0: You already broke in, I guess. You're good. You know, we can put you on our show now, I, I guess. guess.
1: Yeah. I I made an impression on them. Right. And uh, they said, uh, you know, would you come on our show? And, you know, I had. I can't think of the name of all these blind date and all these other dating game shows. And then, uh, I said, well, can I promote my magazine? Cause I was just starting the magazine and they're like, no, we have advertisers pay us. So we can't have you do that. I'm like, not interested, I'm not desperate. I don't need a date. And, uh, then I got love connection called me again. I said the same thing. I said, can I promote my magazine? And they're like, we don't care what the hell you promote, but you got past the audition. If you pass the audition, you can do whatever you want. I was like, I'm in. So I went to the audition, and I don't know, he asked me a bunch of questions, and they said, well, how would you do this? How would you do that? And I'm thinking, well, I, there's no way I'm going to get on the show. He called me two weeks later, like, we want to have you on the show. And I was like, oh, am I going to be, like, the little square, you know, like <laughs> one of the three people that the girl chooses? Like, no, you're the main guy. I was like, wow, oh, okay. Well, yeah, so I, I went on the show, promoted the magazine. And yeah, you did. I because I watched the show. Yeah, yep. you did. And I promoted my friend's band. So,
0: and and you got to do the whole thing. You got another great story to tell <laughs> through uh, doing
1: the show. Do which, which...
0: do love connection? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you did the whole thing. I mean, it's yeah, not yeah. just it didn't just end with you. You announced the band in your yeah yeah magazine yeah, yeah, and said yeah. see
1: ya. Yeah, no, I went on the date. <laughs> yeah, then, you, so how does that all? Like, like,
0: how legit is all that though? Like, I mean, how much is it like just a regular date? How much can it be that way when there's all this other stuff, kind of like with it? I mean, does it is there is there some seriousness going on during the date? Are you trying to see if this is going to be the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, or do you, are you pretty much no. knowing that that that? No, I didn't, yeah, that, that's I what didn't,
1: I, that, I didn't expect. Uh, think about spending the rest of my life with any woman at that time.
0: Was she at yeah. least cool? Yeah, she was totally cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So it, the whole the whole idea was, you know, I think she wanted to be an actress. You know, I just wanted to promote my magazine. So that's
0: what these shows kind of also were, right? These were just a way for these people to get on there and promote some things. And I'll go on a date. And make a show out of it also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all scripted. It's oh, all really? scripted. So you go on the date. Oh, no shit. Yeah, you go on the date, and they're like, okay, after the date, you guys can't talk to each other. I'm like, well, how are we, how are we not going to talk to each other? I'm like, I'm talking to her. I have her phone number, and she has my phone number. And they're like, no, you're not supposed to talk, all right? The producers tell you that. But we go on the date, and then after the date, um, you know, they're like, okay, the producers will call and ask me, like, what did you think of the date? Was it a love connection? And I'm like, yeah, she was nice. I I didn't really feel any spark or anything. I I didn't hate her, you know? And then then all of a sudden I get a call like later that week and it's her screaming and yelling and swearing at me. What are you saying? This is a bad date. What did you say about me doing that? I'm like, I never said any of those things. And then I'm like, let's get the producer on the line. So we get the producer and the producer's like, look, this is television. You either have a good date or you have a bad date. <laughs> There's no... Nobody's going to no, watch... No
0: vanilla stuff going Nobody's going
1: to watch an okay date. Right. They want to see drama or they want to see love. What are you going to give? And then she's like, let's do love. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we just... like, You know what? This is the show. Because we went on a whole different date. The show you watched, we both made it up. <laughs> None of that... The only the only thing that did happen is we did That's go awesome. to the House of Blues and see my friends band.
0: That is so cool.
1: The rest of the stuff never happened. That's so cool. Yeah. We made everything up. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. So while we're on there, it's like they'll they'll give you your lines and you have to memorize your lines and they're like, okay, now when the host I forget what his name was, but he wasn't Chuck, no. which is kind of funny because later on I wound up meeting Chuck after I was on Love Connection. Totally different situation. Yeah, though. we were at yeah. a sushi restaurant in, in Venice. with uh, Chuck was dating one of my friend's friends, and he showed up at the dinner. And they're like, Mark's been on Love Connection.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: God. That's an yeah. icebreaker. Yeah, total icebreaker. I'm like, oh, I, wonder if, he,
0: I wonder, wonder if when he went to the bathroom, he'd be back in two minutes oh. or two seconds. <laughs> that was, I know it was stupid. That was good. No,
1: <laughs> I like that. Well, it's funny because they would preface before we go on the show, do not call him Chuck. He hates it. Do not call him Chuck. Do not use two and two. Do not use (laughs) any of that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was uh, so that was
0: pretty interesting. I mean, that's. I mean, again though, that just goes into your situation of interesting stuff. Like, like uh, amongst all the other stuff that I've already we've already talked about and some of the stuff we're about to. You're on fucking Love Connection. So, I mean, it's there's something to be said about that. I mean, it's amazing to me. And like I said, I've always had questions about that show. You've answered all of them, so I appreciate
1: that. I can't imagine anybody even thinking about questions on that show.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like the reality of it. That's the one thing I always wanted. I'm like, yeah. this
1: can't be. No, it's definitely not real. Like, it's nobody's scripted. going on
0: this show because they're like, you know, this is where you find real real girls. This is where you're going to find that one, you know, on a TV show. Yeah. I just knew that wasn't.
1: No, no. They, they, I mean, they probably call hundreds and thousands of people. you know, just trying to get them on the show. I mean, things happen, you know, in life, but you know, there's tons of actors out there. So people want to be on there. I'm not, I wasn't an actor. So that's why they they, they,
0: did a great job on the show. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I think that's why they gravitated toward me and asked me to be on the show because I'm not an actor. I'm not trying to do anything other than promote my magazine. So, um, but yeah, it, it didn't work out. No love connection. Never stayed in touch. I did. The audience did vote for her. And uh, I got to go on a second date. Well, they gave me money to go on a second date, which, again, I was broke. So I kept the money. And I didn't go on the date. I didn't give her anything. <laughs> Excellent.
0: All right. We'll yeah. take a quick little break. And uh, we'll come back. Probably We'll probably wrap this thing up in the next one. Uh, Mark Rasmussen, no cover magazine. A couple minutes. Two minutes, two seconds. Ah! <laughs>
1: You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. What's going on Level Up listeners? Signal Flow Studios is a Cleveland recording studio founded in 2013, located in the steel yard just down the hall from Brian and Pat at Level Up Cleveland. At Signal Flow, we pride ourselves in offering top quality audio and a great recording experience to artists here in town and from across the country. But what makes us unique at Signal Flow is our undivided attention to the people who keep us going. That's you, the artists. So come on in and let us make your music our top priority. You can book online at www.signalflowstudio.com or give us a call at 216-920-2075. We'll see you soon.
0: Everybody, we are back. Mark Rasmussen is still with us. (laughs) Mark, I want to just um, touch on something here. Because we've talked about no cover in the beginning and all the way up to everything. We've talked about the, the time you had on the love connection. We haven't touched the music awards yet though. And that's actually something that we have already like talked about already on here many times when that, that came, that came out last year. You had a, it was it was actually all over the internet. I was seeing it all over the place, all the different nominations, and it was kind of coming out in increments too. It was like you'd get a little bit here, you'd get a little bit there, which kind of had a build up. It was kind of neat, and and I I just I one thing I did find that was uh, fascinating about this was like how could you still call something the Cleveland Music Awards? Like how was that not taken like by somebody at right. some point somewhere? How does that name just like still? have availability. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was actually cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so these guys are coming out, they're they're kind of promoting it and everything and trying to, you know, build themselves up because this is based on it's 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 kind of a popularity contest, and that's kind of how I described it to them. I was like, you know, this this isn't necessarily the best band because there's no way to like really prove that. Right. But this was definitely this was definitely like whose fan base was most rabid in a way. You know, like who who's going to really come to bat for you guys now? You know, they might show up at your thing, but are they going to do the voting? Are they going to go the extra mile? Right. And, and that's obviously it's what happened. Of,
1: it's a lot of work. I mean, especially on you know asking the fans to to do all that, and yeah. so. Who really does have that fan base? You, you could be the uber cool uh, band in Cleveland and play in front of 10 people. Yeah. And you could be like, I'm the uber cool, I'm the greatest. And you could be.
0: Well, you could be. it's kind of the only, I was thinking about this, it's kind of the only way to quantify your greatness. There's really no other way to do it, especially in this kind of thing with cover bands and, and local bands and stuff. Who really can't? You really can't. You know, your album sales is it's not. It's not like that here. You know, like you're not really dealing with that anymore. So how do you quantify anything anymore? Something like this is how you do it. What did the fans say? Let them speak. They're the ones that are going to tell you who's the best and who's not or whatever. Yep. And I thought that you did a really good job too. I, I don't know how you went about this. and I'm, I'm going to ask. But how did you get the nominations? How, how did that come about?
1: So, a little backstory is I did this for 10 years in Ventura County. Oh, that's, oh, you I know, see. So, we started off very humble, you know, like uh, three or 400 people above the Crown Plaza. And then, our second year, we went into this bar club and then we uh, invited Chuck D because Chuck D just moved to Ventura. Oh. And that, catapulted us because now like oh now we've got credibility like you got chuck d from public enemy coming in and chuck was awesome i mean he talked to everybody he he gave inspirational speeches he anybody that came up to him he took pictures and autographs and just such a great guy and i'm like you know what there's something here and when i talked to chuck chuck sat down with myself and my business partner at the time and, and said hey look you guys are holding something very valuable i go what do you mean we barely made any money He goes, no, no, no. It's about what you're doing. You're uniting people. Unity is part of community. It's in the word. And this is exactly what you're doing. You're creating a community by uniting people. Don't forget that. That's what the whole hip-hop scene was in Brooklyn. He goes, that's how we did it. We said, we don't need anybody else. We are going to create with everybody around us. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of great artists. We know graphic designers. We know video editors. We know everything. We can do this ourselves. We don't need a corporation. We just need to unite and create that community. And that stuck with me. And we kept building and building and building till we took over the two largest venues in Ventura County. And we would have, like, my friend John Moyer uh, from Disturbed. He would get out there, and he would play bass with a cover band. And, and people were like, why is this cover band playing a Disturbed song? <laughs> yeah, and then the right. bass player leaves, and John comes out, and the singer doesn't even know about it. And they're like...
0: Holy crap. We're <laughs> oh, playing. No kidding. The singer didn't even know. Didn't about even
1: it. know. Wow. The audience's mouth just dropped. I mean, we did stuff like that it was cool. We partnered up with Wendy Dio. Um, oh, from, no, she's kidding. Yeah. Wife of wife of Ronnie James and former manager. Yeah. Yeah. So uh she's brought you know uh, uh butler what was it uh from ozzy Osbourne, a, b- a bunch of other um hairband artists and stuff like that and, and metal artists um but she was awesome i mean she was a great person and we donated to uh stand up and shout um cancer fund for ronnie james deal and uh it was it was awesome and then You know, my mom obviously got cancer and so and my dad died of cancer. So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be living out in California and doing this. So when I got to Cleveland, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Actually, I just Ubered for fun for a while because I was bored. I was living in my house and I was bored and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be here a while. I'm going to do what I did in California because that's all I really know. I'm not going to do a magazine. Definitely not going to do a magazine. That's a pain in the ass. Um, but I'm going to do maybe the music awards and, and volunteer and help somebody. And so I Googled Cleveland Music Awards, and I wanted to find the contact information and reach out and tell that person I'm, I'm here, I want to help. It didn't exist. No. And I'm like, is this right? And I see Scene Music Awards. I was like, oh, that's cool. But they're they're another magazine. And I'm like, that's cool. But I want to do Cleveland. I want to put Cleveland on the map. How can a Rock Hall city not have their own music awards? There's some major artists that have come out of this city. Right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it just like I did with Ventura County Music Awards. And I'm going to build it Grassroots. And I'm going to just put it out there. And, again, like you said, yeah, it starts off as a popularity contest. It does. The first few years, it does start that way. Because the uber cool artists don't want to be a part of it. They're like, ah, this is cheesy. I'm better than this, blah, blah, blah. And I've had artists that said they're so great that turned me down because they didn't want to lose. They're like, we're afraid of losing.
0: I'm like, look, it's it's like a stain on their their whole entire thing. And then what a way to think. I got to be honest with you. That's not that's not that's a crazy way to think, isn't it? It's a it? crazy
1: way to think. So why would you why would you not do that? Why would you not test the waters? If you're that confident, you're that great of a band. Why? You know,
0: cuz you're not that confident that you're that great of a band. No, you're not.
1: <laughs> and and again, that goes back to confidence, right? Yeah. So I look for artists that exude confidence because those are the ones and then the music when it gives me the chills, I know. But with the Cleveland Music Awards, I have nothing to do with selection process at all. I took myself out of it. I'm just a, the facilitator. Got you. Right? So everybody's like, well, why don't you form a committee? And then you can have this committee choose which bands and then give them an award. So I'm like, well, that's called corruption.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's easily made. You know, you can do whatever you want, and, and then it's you just can, your And friends. then this band wins if you if they give you fifty bucks, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to mention other award shows. No, but here. I know
0: exactly what you mean. You got you got to let you got to let the, the the people really decide this,
1: right? And and so you know, it, it, you you start getting your friends' bands and stuff like that, and it's like I know nobody here. I came to Cleveland. I knew nobody. I don't know any of these bands. I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm going to put the submission process and I'm going to, you know, do my advertising, do digital advertising or whatever, you know, social media posts, whatever I could do to get the the name and the word out there. And then I met with other music venues and I posted stuff up there at their music venues. And then I would go to shows and I would talk to artists. And I'm like, Hey, if you want to do this, and then kind of get the word out a little bit. No, my bandwidth wasn't huge. Right. So you know you got that group of people that only would know and those are the people that submitted and then i would take the top four submissions from each category and then those are the nominees for that year right so is it a perfect process
0: not yet you no. got to improve on no. it right? I
1: mean, yeah yeah no. but if it follows the way it did in ventura the best bands do rise to the top.
0: They eventually get involved and they start seeing that there's there are benefits to all this and stuff. And, and you know what? And no, it's fun. It's fun too, right? I mean, it's just I a have
1: no complaints with the bands that were part of this year's awards. I loved all those bands. Yeah. I think they were amazing bands and certain bands should have won. Yeah, maybe, you know, in my eyes, would I have picked them? not going to say which ones but yeah there's certain ones that i was like "Ah, that's part of the
0: process right and and it's a beautiful thing that some of the bands that you wanted to win didn't right
1: that means the process
0: is working right that means that yours it's not just what you want
1: and the other thing is with with that you know you want performances yeah and so i would i would say which bands want to perform that are nominated and of course most of them did so then i was like okay we got to do this fair because i can only maybe do seven bands and not every band that performed won. and then you know they get a little hurt i'm like there's no guarantee just because you're performing and i would tell them it's like the grammys i
0: mean it's just like anywhere else i mean all award shows are like that really yeah.
1: all of them yeah yeah that's true that's yeah true. they're
0: all like that you they perform they don't necessarily win you know and if they all won then it would look like it was rigged again so you got you, you gotta you gotta be careful with that the credibility
1: too. is the, the key yeah and and speaking of the music awards Next month is when, May, look for it in the in the magazine. And also, the w- best way of getting in front of me is to sign up to No Cover to the new NoCover.com or NoCoverCLE.com and then put your band profile on there because the hardest thing for me with the Music Awards, because I had no idea who these bands were, yeah. and I opened the submission process and it all came to CLE Music Awards and I got bombarded with all these names and bands. A lot I, of bands yeah. don't have profiles. A lot of bands don't have websites. A lot of bands don't have videos out there. And I'm They're like, preaching
0: to the choir, I know all about this. Right. And I'm <laughs> like,
1: how do I get in contact with you?
0: Yeah. I tell them all the time, I'm like, dude, just put the name of the guys in the band too on your thing too. So I know who's in the band. Like, don't you guys want to know? Like, don't you want people to know things? Yeah. There's a there's pe- bands need help. They do. Bands need help figuring some of this stuff out. Getting their more, they want to be popular. They're not doing a good job.
1: Yep. Well, I managed bands before, and so yeah. I've I mean I remember taking this one band, and they would play for beer money, um, at this one bar, and I I found them, and they had this one really older guy who was pretty much drinking himself to death, and I was like, you know what? And he was one of the founding members. I had to do a tough call, and I cut him out of there. But I cut him out of there, and I was able to get Ryan Green, who was working with uh, Fat Mike at Motor Studios in San Francisco, and he formed his own uh, in L.A., another recording studio. And I got Ryan, and he worked with um, Lil Wayne. He's, he's worked with all kinds of artists. But they did he did their album, and I was able to get them on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, the show three seasons, no kidding, yeah. And I got them on huge festivals, I got them sponsorships with Jaeger. I mean, so yeah, bands need help, right? And yeah. I can, I can help, I'm only one person. But when I was managing, I was like, it was fun, it was cool. It's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of babysitting. It's oh, yeah. Of-
0: and, and and speaking of that, because it's a kind of a nice segue to the next thing that we got to discuss real quick, yep. That is the new thing you got going on, which is really basically a whole media like, um empire <laughs> that you're building here and 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 it's a lot of the use of this will be to benefit the the music scene in this it, really just the whole entertainment scene in, in the end you know because podcasters can benefit yep. music scene can benefit a lot of different people can benefit for what you guys are coming up with here and that, let's talk about that I, I, that's that's really interesting and that's something you're in the process of yep right
1: now yep so i met uh i met a guy at the music awards when I just did it this past September, uh, Tim Bishop, my business partner, he asked me, Hey man, he goes, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, what do you want to talk to me about? He's like, well, I got an idea. And I'm like, what is it? And he goes, well, let's go to lunch and we'll talk about it. So we sit down and we talk. And then he's like, Hey dude, I'm really into MMA. I'm like, "Mm, that's great. I'm not, (laughs) I'm have no desire. I don't know anything about MMA. He goes, well, I, I do. I know everything. And, I, I have an opportunity. We can buy this company. Uh, they're selling it. We can buy the cage. We can do everything. I was like, not interested. He goes, but you're great at selling sponsorship. He goes, that's all you're going to do. You sell the sponsorship for these fights. And, and he broke it down. He's like, look, you can go here, 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 here. You can sell this. You can And, and he's like, look at all these other companies in Akron and Columbus. They're selling out. He goes, this company we're buying did Jacob's Pavilion. They sold out. He's like, they just didn't have sponsors. They didn't know how to sell sponsors. They weren't getting alcohol sales and they weren't getting concessions. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. All right, let's buy it. So we bought it. And I'm like, well, now we got to find a place to put it. Where are we going to put it? And so we kept looking and looking and looking and we found this giant 20,000 square foot warehouse in Cleveland, the old Brooklyn area. And we call it the space. And we are going to be doing MMA fights there, but we also have a stage and we're doing concerts. We'll do weddings, bar mitzvahs, Quincey whoever wants to rent it. Uh, but we also, it's a creative uh, space in the day where we have nine offices and a conference room and a recording studio. And we bring in podcasters, we bring in videographers, audio people, uh, we have event photographer. So all of those people rent from us and we filter back that business to them. So we've created an incubation within here. So here's what everything we need to do our business, but we're going to help your business grow while you help us. And we're going to pay you to run everything for us that we need. So we picked and cherry picked the people that we want to be in there. And, we have a full bar license now, so it's being transferred. Yeah, you got an
0: alcohol license and everything, right?
1: Yeah, full, full beer, liquor, you know, uh, awesome. wine, whatever, and and you know, we also have. Uh, this is keeps expanding, but inside we have WWE wrestler EC3. He's doing a wrestling school. I mean, our place nah. is so big that he can do his wrestling school there and hold wrestling matches.
0: What about food? Are you guys thinking about doing getting involved in any
1: of that? Yeah, we partnered up with La Plaza. So La Plaza's in the Rebar downtown, and La Plaza's in Lakewood. And La Plaza's going to be inside the space. No kidding. So, yeah. So we, you got everything. We got it all. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have everything. But well,
0: how long? Have, how long? So where are you at in this process? as far as this thing opening like what do you have any idea yet or is we're, this...
1: well we have to go through the CDC so we have to get the health inspection our occupancy Oh,
0: but you're at that point already I mean, oh, yeah. so you're far into this oh, yeah. already. we're about oh. to get our
1: liquor license and we're about oh. to we're about to open we actually have one huge concert my, my friend uh, Tommy Kyrakostas, he owns uh, uh, the Greek Village and Toast, and uh, but he does a lot. He's a huge promoter in the Greek scene, and he's bringing these divas. I mean, I say divas because they're freaking expensive. I mean, he's like, dude, I'm paying a lot of money for these guys. And then I introduced them to a sound company, to, and their riders insane. I mean, I w- I would never do a show like this. I mean, it just. But I'm not Greek. He knows all the Greek, he knows all the Greek people, right. and his ticket prices are insane. So he's making his money, but he's that's going to be our first concert. It's going to be May twelfth. Wow. So yeah, so you're
0: ready May twelfth.
1: May twelfth. So, we have to be ready May twelfth. So
0: everything will be ready May twelfth. I mean, you maybe then?
1: not maybe not the liquor because we, we we can do we can do a temporary liquor license. Oh. up until we get our liquor license. Okay, but hopefully we will. I mean, our our liquor attorney said that we should have it by then, but. I mean, it's the state of Ohio, so I'm not holding my breath on that one. Okay. So, but yeah, that's the space. And then we have honor fighting championship. So we're putting our first fight in June. Um, and you know, we work with strong style, which was a steep A's, um, you know, place that he, he used to, um, work out of, but, uh. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know.
0: So now here you are going down a new avenue that you haven't done before. MMA fighting and all that stuff, something new for you.
1: Yep. Cool. Yep. And then we have, like I said, we have a recording studio in there. Then we have a management company. So we just signed. uh, We have MC Brains, uh, who is the first um, platinum hip-hop artist in Ohio. So he's signed with us. He's also one of our producers. And then uh, we just signed another band. Well, actually we verbally signed that band we had a conversation with them here in cleveland and uh we just haven't put anything to paper but it's gonna be an incredible i can't wait to announce that band uh, and then we're looking for other artists too so again if you want to get involved just go to cle nocovercle.com create a profile online that's the best way. The other thing on our website is on the back end, we have a music supervisor database. So all those bands, and and I like I said, I license songs when I manage bands to Sons Anarchy. I've also had a song on Feds, which was Russell Simmons' Def Jam Films. So all of that experience I'm putting into the website, and then all the people, like PJ Bloom is one of the biggest um, – music supervisors in Hollywood. He was one of my first writers. Oh, he used to subscribe to my magazine. I go, PJ, why are you subscribing to my magazine? And he goes, he goes, dude, you got all the new music. You got all the new talent. He goes, I find bands to put on, on my TV shows. You know, and I was like, I never thought of that. Yeah. And then I was like, well, maybe I can build something. So, you know, I, over time I learned what music supervisor is looking for. So I put those filters and everything in the back end. So as long as the band signs up the profile exactly correctly, they'll be able to be found by the music supervisor. And, or the music supervisor will tell us like, hey, we're looking for this kind of music. And I'm like, oh, I know which band you're talking about. Cool. Go over there. And then we don't take any publishing, but we do take a fee. I mean, it's, we, we do a 50-50 split, so it's a 50-50 um, placement fee. But, you know, I, I did Sons Anarchy. I would do $17,000, right? So $17,000 divided in half, it's not a bad payday. No, it's good. Just for a song you already wrote, yeah. it's already done, yeah. and you don't have to tour. You don't have to travel. Yeah, right. It's right. all right there. Put your music up online and license it. That's where, that's where the money is.
0: And you guys will help them do that.
1: Yeah. Help yeah, come. and we're one of many companies that can do that. Yeah. But,
0: but yeah, but yeah, but see, it seems to me like what you're trying to do is become so inclu- all-inclusive with so many different options where it, it's it, even though there's other companies that are doing certain things like that, you also get this with you, you also get this with you, you also get all these other things that are coming along with this. It sounds like it's just a good thing to get up on board with.
1: That's what that's what we try. We're just trying to just bring a creative like kind of like like I said when I was in Orange County. You know, and it just started blossoming yeah. blossoming, right? I want to do that. There's no reason it shouldn't be here in Cleveland, right? So Cleveland should be, and I'm not saying change Cleveland like Nashville, because Cleveland needs to be Cleveland, right? Yeah. But Cleveland should have, be the first city before Nashville, right? Nashville's a great city, don't get me wrong. It is. But, but Cleveland, it's, it's got better eco- economy. It's got uh, a lake you've got sports teams you've got you've got all this cool stuff right here and then nashville has some of that but it doesn't have all of that and some reason s- somehow people just skip over cleveland you know when they're touring and i'm like it's a perfect route Right,
0: we yeah, have even figured that out. There's some other reasons. There's some underlying reasons why that's happening. It's not just they're just deciding to skip us. Yeah, if they thought they could make money in the city to come here and do a concert, they would. Right. So there's there's something else. There, there, there's
1: something. Yeah. definitely something there. Yeah, but yeah. what we want to do is we want to showcase and let people know, like, hey, no covers here. You're gonna be here. Let's work together, and then maybe do a show at the space. How many? How many people do you think you could fit in a place like that? What kind? What's your? What's your? Our guesstimate. Camp? Our guesstimate is nine hundred. Oh my god! Yeah. So you
0: guys can actually pull some of these national acts to come, and this could be just another venue. Oh yeah. This is it just going to be, be another venue. It will just be another go venue. See just shows. Yeah. Yeah. And and for Westsiders, this is right in your backyard, man. This is like and right. We, there's nothing else around and really. We have like
1: free this. parking. Yeah, you got that whole lot right there. Everything. There's no traffic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Man. Just get to us, enjoy, have a good time, drive home safely. So it's cool. It's yeah. cool, man. So now, yeah, then we have the no cover Cleveland, right? So the, you know, now we're four, five, four issues in, and working on our fifth. And, you know, we do 10,000 copies, 422 stops. If you want to know every stop we go to, go to nocover.com or nocovercleveland.com and then click on uh, media magazine and then find our magazine and you'll see all the locations. And it. Who It'll drops all, all these off?
0: You? Do you do all I, that? I,
1: I do a lot of it. Yeah. No I feel kidding. like I'm back where <laughs> I started, crazy. but my back is killing yeah, me. That's
0: crazy. Me. Yeah. Because right now it's
1: like, I'm not making a, a ton of money. It's not a money maker for me. That's well, you for do sure. A lot. You do a lot of startups, don't you? Like you're yeah.
0: always... A, you're always renewing and starting over and trying something new so this isn't new to you right
1: i mean you're just it's, it's not new but it's it's new here and it's it's a it's a humbling experience because you know i was on top in california and california still running with my business partner but it's it's not as like known here So it's like just starting all over. And like I said, even dropping off magazine, you'll see me dropping off magazines. And do I like doing it? No, I hate it. But do I have the money to pay a distributor? Not yet, but I'm getting close. And so I've had few distributors that I've been negotiating and talking to. So it's going to happen. But also work with – I have great staff. So shout-out to Trey for being an awesome, amazing editor. Shout-out to all my writers uh, for for putting in the time. And shout-out to my incredible graphic designer. So it's like all you guys have helped me – Get to here. So I'm willing to put in the effort and the time and drive around to get that beautiful piece of art that you just did for the community. And I'm going to get that in the hands of people and and hopefully people like it and it takes. Now, I'm focusing on Cleveland-oriented artists right now, right? And I could easily go to like Blink22's plan and I, I could go to those guys and I could put them on the cover. Do they deserve it? Yes, of course. But they've already had a cover. Right. Will I eventually put bigger artists on there? Yes, I will. Will I still give love to Cleveland? Yes. Always will give love to Cleveland. This is a Cleveland magazine. So this is for Cleveland to promote businesses, promote artists, promote art, entertainment, everything.
2: this is,
0: uh, this is the end all be all of entertainment for Cleveland. Really. I mean, if you need to know about it, it'll be in here. And uh, if you want to find out who's new, the upcomings, you'll have them all you're and you have the you have the ear and the eye to find these people and get them I mean, because right, I, I have zero
1: musical talent i yeah, can't but play you an got, instrument i can't sing so. ta-
0: hey, that's talented yeah. to find defined bands there's a talent involved in all that too so all right man this i think is, that's it this i think we awesome. yeah dude yeah, yeah. this was great yeah. This is a. This has been a. This is one of the. This is a great. Yeah, it's it was, a great way to start the season.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah, you. for we're having me. Yeah, we're for starting the
0: season today. First
1: season. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm Honored to Thank be you. the first episode. Yeah, man. With the new studio and everything. Well, not new, but it, we. It's we. It's incredible.
0: Just like this is like the Brown Stadium. We're not going to get a new one, but hey, we'll put yeah. some money into it and fix it up. I love it.
1: it. <laughs> I love it. I love what you guys are doing. I love the way you support the scene. That's why I'm here because I want to. You know, partner with people like yourselves that are all about supporting the music scene. Because, as you know, you don't make a ton of money. Yeah. In the music business, you don't make a ton of money. And especially yeah. here in Cleveland, it's it's, uh, it's a labor of love. And then, hopefully, it can grow, right? It can grow into something. And I think by everybody working together and not creating niches where or or uh, clicks in this area, in this area, in this area, like, I'm too cool. Yeah, right. You know? I don't buy into that. If you're too cool, just like Kevin Lyman, when I would go on tour with Kevin Lyman, we would have our we'd have our no cover stage and then Kevin would have the biggest bands open and the we'd play it in reverse kind of like play it in reverse. No kidding. Or he would have the biggest bands serving food. That's Every, pretty no, neat. That's everybody neat. has to be humble. I like that. Everybody has to be Knock humble.
0: Knock them down a few notches. Everybody gets knocked down a notch or two, and it's like we're all on the same level. Though. We're all right? on the same level. Cool, no man.
1: egos because we're on this tour together. That's cool. Right, And so I kind of take that and Chuck's philosophy and I mix the two together. And that's what I'm trying to do here in Cleveland is just kind of just no egos, stay humble. Let's all work together. It's not about me. It's not about no cover. It's not about the space. It's not about any Cleveland Music Awards. It's all about uniting and creating community.
0: Cool, man. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well said. And maybe one day you'll see uh, Pat and I on
0: the cover if we continue. Yeah. <laughs> <the singing. laughs> Anyway. You never know. You never know. we got a long way to go. But anyways, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll probably have to have you on again just to, to do another two hours. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that'll get us to the halfway point. There you go. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot, though, man. And uh, good luck with the awards this year. Thank you. Good luck with the magazine. Yep. And uh, we'll be pushing it. You know what I, I mean? I appreciate it. Oh, I yeah. appreciate all the
1: support and getting the word out and letting people know, especially about the music awards, because a lot of people are like, how do I do this year? How did I do this year? And, obviously, I've got a lot going on. It's still priority number one. I mean, we were able to sign back our sponsors, which is a testament to how well the the event went last year. So cross our fingers, we can do it again.
0: Yeah, okay, and the the space. Everyone keep their eye open for the space. We're going to have MMA fighting. We're going to have all kinds of cool stuff on the west side. It's going to be fun. All right, man, that's going to be it for us. And Mark Rasmussen, we'll see you guys next week.
1: All right. This has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland on YouTube. Till
2: next week, rock on. That'll be fine.